Hello, everyone, and welcome to the clubhouse. This is episode 60, the autogram, Dallas Keuchel, and surprisingly, we do have an NBA player here. There are three NBA players that wore number 60. This guy played for the Celtics. Oh? Jonathan Gibson. Probably don't remember him because he only played four games in the 17-18 season. Only got 40 minutes. But guess what, Jonathan? This pod is for you, baby. I'm your host, Tej Butler. Sitting next to me, as always, Big Dill. Dill, how are you? Tej, doing well. Um, you know, pretty good afternoon so far. Yeah. It's a nice Thursday oh, yeah. evening. Ready for our Friday release. So, Absolutely. Early release. Exciting. Exciting news, exciting pod. Exciting, as always, up in Cleveland, Doge. How are you? Doing well, man. It's finally finally started to heat up. It's almost a little too hot. Don't really have the AC rolling in my apartment, so uh, we're we're coping Ooh. with it. But uh, we're we're living, man. Liking to see that some sports are coming up here soon. So dang, you gotta to roll. We gotta get the stats team on that, man. Let's get you some funding or something for an AC. <laughs> Goodness, <laughs> gotta talk to corporate about that. No, but. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, we've got a great show for you, and we have a super special guest that we're going to introduce here, but let me introduce the show, and let me do a little warm-up here for you guys, but just, I promise me, stay tuned. This might be the biggest guest we've had, and a, I'm a big fan. But first thing we got to do, break down the show. So, first quarter and second quarter, just to give a hint of who we have, we have some NBA talk here. We're going to talk about what's going on with the season. And then uh, for the second quarter, we're going to do a little Celtics player name swap. So a fun little game we're going to do with our guest we'll introduce here in a minute. <clears throat> Third quarter, we're going to have our NBA Tier 1 draft. So we're going to draft out some of the teams that are going to be uh, you know, selected as those Tier 1 teams. And then the fourth quarter, we're going to give out our regular season awards for this NBA-centric pot. First thing we got to do, as always, before we get started and get into the show, is warm it up. And we're going to pass it all the way up to Cleveland for oh. Doge. Doge, warm it up for us. I know it's hot in that, that room, so I'll let you warm it up first so you don't have to get any warmer. Yeah, your muscles need to get yeah. warm, not just your actual body temp. So, I'll warm up these muscles for you. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, special pour one out today. Uh, yep. My boys in Dortmund had a tough loss to, to Bayern this week on Tuesday. Yeah. <sighs> Wound up taking the L, dropped him back seven points behind with only six to go. So that chase for the title uh, and stopping Bayern from getting like eight straight uh, is not looking too hot anymore. But uh, who knows? I believe in miracles, but uh, that definitely set him back quite a bit this week. So pour one out. Yeah, that was no good. Halan still saving him up. Didn't put any in in the Bayern game either. Yeah, that was <laughs> sad. That was sad. Neither they did. took him off like... Before the 70th, and uh, oh. it was not a good look. Yeah, I wasn't able to watch because I was at work, but I mean, I, I know it didn't go like we wanted it to, that's for sure. Dill, I hear you got a good warm up over here. Uh, so, well, I mean, they should, yeah, fair enough. Dosh, can we get a little chomp them from you? Chomp, all right, chomp, all right, chomp. ladies and gentlemen. With uh, two Florida Gator fans here on the pod, and as a huge Florida uh, Gator fan myself, just wanted to bring up uh, a little bit of the 2021 recruiting class wow. and some recent uh, commitments that we've had, including none other than son of former NFL quarterback John Kitna, Jalen Kitna. Uh, 
So uh, we actually already have um, a four-star quarterback, which is Carlos Del Rio committed. He committed a while back. Is that Jack's boy? Um, <laughs> unless something, I mean, like, I didn't see anything on that. So um, no. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see anything about You never know. Yeah. Del Rio could be. So, I mean, he's a completely... I'm not even going to go. But... So They're not related. Sure. <laughs> Put it that way. Um, so, that's giving us two really good quarterbacks for that 2021 <laughs> uh, class uh, in the QB spot specifically. And with uh, Felipe Franks getting hurt last year and Kyle Trask stepping up to the plate... And Felipe actually transferred to Arkansas this year um, for the injury. It's exciting news to hear that we have some quarterbacks flowing through here. With Dan Mullen, you know, at the helm, we see what Dak Prescott was able to do, and none other than who was his quarterback coach last year? John Kitna. Wow. So, you know, here's a little thing. Uh, we haven't really had a whole lot of success as far as on a national stage since Urban Meyer, and I think that that's something that I know I've been super thirsty for. And I just can't wait for him to completely instill his recruiting class. Um, I think that with the McIlwain players that he was um, given or that he already had coming into coaching, I think that he's done a spectacular job with his first couple seasons. And I'm only excited to kind of see what he has moving forward. Um, with another recruit, we have, I think, a total of four four-star wide receivers now wow. with a another one who just committed this past weekend. Um, you guys ever going to get a five-star or? Well, you know, I'm not sure how many five-star wide receivers there are up here. I don't even know, right? <laughs> so, I mean, it's just really exciting. This guy's supposed to be a speedster. Um, you know, moving forward, I think that with these quarterbacks and the, the offensive talent that we need to build around them, um, we're still going to have the defense that we can always somehow produce. And uh, I think this is going to be, you know, kind of great moving forward. And I can't wait to go down to another game in the Swamp, Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, and cheer them on. So, yeah, last absolutely. time we were there... We saw a, a great game of Florida taking down Joe Burrow and the LSU Tigers, who were ranked number five at the time. So, it was a good game. I mean, that was a spectacular game. Spectacular game. But I think I'm warmed up. Yeah. Ready to go. All right. Chomp them, baby. Chomp, chomp. Gator Nation. Chomp, chomp. All right, I'll warm it up here then, last but not least. Um, on Twitter recently, good, uh, good friend of the NBA, Gilbert Arenas, Agent O., Always, uh, you know, a talker, lightning rod, if you will. I was asked on Twitter, who was the hardest person in the league to score on? Um, he replied, you know, not a player. He would think maybe he'd pick some kind of player, not a coach. He goes... Or a team. He goes, nope, it's the refs. Especially Joey Crawford. That MFer could really play some tough defense. <laughs> so I'm sure uh, Joey handed out Gilbert his fair share of texts. Um, when he was playing, and I know Joey Crawford's known for the old quick whistle. So I, I appreciate Gilbert bringing that up, and I know Joey Crawford is no longer a, a ref. So fun to see two old kind of guys going at it there um, on Twitter. I'm not sure if Joey Crawford's got a Twitter, but if he does, that'd be hilarious if he went back at Gilbert. But. If he doesn't, he definitely has a fan Twitter account. Also funny that like, Gilbert, too, was such a confident guy that like he's a guy who would be like, oh, nobody, so let me just like – Put like make a joke about something like oh the refs like you know because in his head nobody could. But that's that. serious. Like right. he's, he's probably dead serious. Well, he mean he did go on that. There's like two three years where he was on unbelievable. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean he's <clears throat> well deserved. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just there you go. Yeah. You you bring some stuff into the locker room, you might get into some trouble. We'll leave it there. But uh, 
All right, we got to move it on because we're warmed up and we are ready to go. We are psyched. We are amped up for our first quarter. So let me introduce our guest here. Ladies and gentlemen, today for our first quarter, we are joined by Emerson College's all-time leader in rebounds, a top five scorer as well. He's been in the business for 20 years and been covering the Boston Celtics for the last 10 years. Reporter for MassLive.com and host of the Locked on Celtics podcast. I'm a huge fan of this guy, NBA expert John Corrales. John, how are you today? I'm doing great. That's the best intro I've ever gotten. Well, perfect. I love to hear it, man. It's, you're, you're a great guest, so we love to have you. Thank you. So uh, what we've got you here for is, because you are the NBA expert, is we're going to ask you a little bit about what the NBA might be looking like, because we're hearing a lot of rumors about some different plans about what the NBA might be coming back as, maybe a group stage, maybe just a big tournament, uh, you know, between 16 to 24 teams. So what are you hearing, uh, you know, as the scuttlebutt on the NBA right now? You know, it, it's so hard to, to tell exactly what it's going to be. No one knows yet. Uh, I feel comfortable in saying that it's going to be more than the 16 teams, that the, the 16 playoff teams. I feel comfortable in saying that it's probably not going to be all 30 teams. So that leaves us somewhere with probably, um, my best guess is somewhere between 20 to 24 teams coming right. back, um, playing at Disney World. I think I think that's pretty safe uh, as far as, you know, like, I haven't heard any other options. Right. So it, it's going to be basically a lockdown kind of bubble scenario in Disney World. Like once you get in, you're not going to be able to really leave and go out to the rest of Orlando, or you shouldn't. I, I'm right. not really going to do that. But um, everybody's tested. You get in. Uh, you have your run of the grounds, which are massive. So it's not like you're locked in your room. You can go outside, um, and then they'll have, or they should have some amount of scrimmages uh, akin to preseason games. And then then, that, then the question becomes, well, what do they do? Do they, do they play some kind of remainder of the regular season? Or do they do this group stage, which I think is gaining in popularity, but I don't know how much that means for whether the NBA is going to adopt it. But the advantages of the group stage is, if you've got 20 to 24 teams, you could put them in four or five groups and have them play 8, 10, 12 games, and then that serves as a combination end of the regular season slash first round of the playoffs, and then after that, you get a more traditional second round, third round, and finals. Right. So I know, obviously, safety is the biggest concern for everybody. Other than that, do you think the you know, making sure the regular season markets, like, get their games in? Or is it just the players, um, you know, competing for a title here? I know Damian Lillard came out and said some things about how he doesn't want to compete if they can't, uh, you know, get to the playoffs. So what are you hearing about that? Like, what are the most important factors for the NBA to return? I think the most important thing, I mean, obviously, like you said, player safety, both from a COVID-19 aspect and making sure that you ramp up at the right pace to prevent soft tissue injuries, any sort of like strains or, or anything like that, like ligament stuff by moving too fast too soon. Um, after that, I think, I think the priority is simply making sure that the NBA's 
you know, five teams into four groups, and, and you have them all play each other at least twice, then you have ten games, or what is it, eight games, that all seem to mean something. They all feel like big games. Um, I think the NBA, more so than making sure that, that a few teams get their local contracts, uh, I, I think that they're looking to make sure that they recoup as much money as possible, and that's going to be done by getting big ratings across the board for all of their games and not have – I think what they want to avoid is Milwaukee versus Orlando in the first round, right. and nobody cares because that's going to be a walkover, and they should win in four or five games. Sure. But Milwaukee playing Orlando twice, but also in the same group as, let's say, Denver and Portland, now we're really patient. Hey. So I, I think something like that yeah, it's a lot is, is sure. more important. Hey, John, this is uh, Dylan here. Um, so I just have a follow-up uh, question with that as well. So I know that Adam Silver has been talking a lot about maybe a midseason tournament before any of this happened. Do you think that this could possibly influence kind of how that conversation moving forward could play out um, if they do adopt some sort of group stage system that, you know, hey, this drew a lot of interest. We can move this, you know, uh, potentially have this moving forward be a thing as well. Yeah, Dylan, I think that's that's one big thing here. This is an opportunity for the NBA to experiment. Uh, try not to experiment too much that you turn off the hardcore fan, but experiment enough where the casual fan is going to say, hey, let's see. And I think if you can pull off a tournament like this and say, wow, look at how awesome this was. You know, imagine if we extended it out to all 30 teams and as part of the schedule, we have, I'm not going to do the math right now, but we have (laughs) regular season game set A, mid-season tournament, and then regular season set game B. The the mid-season tournament allows for all teams to play the same amount of games, to play for something in the middle of the season, and crown a winner of something there, then maybe there, there's some level of interest. I, I don't know how that would go over, but this is certainly an opportunity for the NBA to experiment with not only that, but let's move it forward a little bit and say this, this season is supposed to resume somewhere mid to late July this is now also an opportunity to experiment with a, a regular season that starts next regular season in late December or so, and just to kind of see how that schedule works out. And I think there's an advantage. There's also an advantage of them maybe getting uh, a vaccine in that timeline. So part of the reason why they're pushing it out as far as they are is it gives them this opportunity to, A, wait for a potential vaccine, and B, Hey, let's see how this starting the later later uh, starting the season later in the year how that works between the midseason tournament and that. There's an opportunity to kind of play with a few of these ideas here. For sure, I know one thing that's a major concern for some coaches, some teams, and maybe even some of the players is that if you're not one of those teams that might be in the 20 to 24 potentially, that's a long time to not have uh, any basketball. I think it's uh, was eight or nine months 
if they start that up in December. So do you think that'll play any decision in maybe making that 24 teams rather than 20, like you were saying? Yeah, I think that's a, a definite concern. Um, I, I think there's a line there between getting people to come back and play for, you know, it, it's hard to ask uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers to come in and, and go through a, a modified training camp and up, uproot their lives to go to Orlando to play for two weeks and then go home. Like, that's not going to inspire a lot of effort in these guys. And it's hard. You, you can sit there and say on a, like, grander scale, hey, man, you're making all this money. You kind of owe it. But, look, humans are humans, and they're going to sit there and be like, yeah, this means nothing, so I'm not going to get quite as up for it. Uh but at the same time, I do think that there is value to getting back out there and, and playing. Now, maybe the NBA allows these teams to just run their own camps during all of this at their own facility okay. or something. Um, I don't know how that would go, but I, I think there is a, a lot of validity to the concern that players are going to have too much time off and that teams should be able to do something to kind of get these guys playing somehow, somewhere, uh, safely, even if it's not in Orlando, to, to keep them kind of fresh and keep, keep their skills sharp. Yeah, absolutely, John. All right, so I have one question. This is, uh, this is Doge uh, up here in Cleveland. Uh, just had a question. As far as... You know, doing the later start here for the for the group stage potential, and then the playoff push as well. Are there any concerns that you know the end of the playoffs then would run into if they get their things together, like the football season coming up, and you know the the fall season? Well, Doge, I I don't think the NBA is quite as concerned with that. Um, I think if they put together a product that's uh, as good as they hope it would be, that they can kind of work around an NFL schedule. Like they probably wouldn't play a game on a Sunday, or or may, maybe they'll they'll deal with a Monday night. But like early, like first week NFL Monday night football versus NBA finals or conference finals, I think they'll take their chances. Especially um, if but, the Lakers are involved know, too, Bucks. Right, right. Like, you can you can do that. And you, you don't have to play. Like, Sunday all day is football anyway. And what you do is, because of the unique situation on Monday, you play up until 9 p.m. Eastern. And then you stop and let Monday Night Football happen. You can still have the earlier time slots. Like, this is, this is not your normal TV viewing. People are working, but a lot of people are home. So you can, you can start a game at 5 p.m or 3 p.m. and and still have a, a good amount of the audience. So I think right now, at this point, stepping on the NFL's toes, they're not too worried about that. They're more worried about getting a system that works. And if you get people hooked on the storylines early, they'll stick around to see how it ends. And I, and I think, too, kind of uh, piggybacking off of that, you know, this is the beginning of the football season, whereas we've been out of sports primarily for – um, going on well a little over two months now, and people want that yeah. playoff atmosphere. I know that this is one of my favorite times of the year between hockey and basketball and, and having uh, the seven-game series um, and just seeing kind of the 
coaches change um, throughout the series and the the, um, the ways they can adapt throughout. And I think that people are going to be missing that as well. So I think that, you know, with the other you know things that you mentioned as far as the scheduling at games and, you know, the 3 p.m. start, I mean, I think that's a great point as well. Yeah, people want people want their sports, right? They right. just want their sports. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so if you give them a good product, and I'll also say this, this is another opportunity. We talked about experimentation a couple minutes ago. This is also an opportunity to experiment with television presentation. And one of the things that I'm hoping for is almost like a second alternate broadcast. Let's say ESPN, like you have ESPN and TNT as your national uh outlets. Well, ESPN2 and TBS can be the experimental broadcast because without fans, you're going to be at Disney World. You can set up a court where cameras can be where cameras aren't normally because fans are sitting in those spots. So the ESPN and TNT broadcast can be your traditional build a riser, put cameras up there, your traditional camera angles, and there's your regular broadcast. Go to TBS, go to ESPN2, and you'll get, like, low-angle shots and these, like, drone shots or jib shots or, or different looks that can be also entertaining and, and give people a little different idea. And the worst-case scenario is, even if people aren't watching, you come up with, like, two or three things that you can add to the normal broadcast. So I think there's opportunity in the presentation as well. Certainly. All right, one more, John, before we go into our second quarter with the name swap there. Do you think that this new potential model, I know everybody's leaning towards KOC from the Ringers, um, like you mentioning the the group stage model, do you think that benefits the Celtics more, or do you think it hurts them more than if they had the regular um, you know, playoff structure going up against the Sixers? Well, as far as the Celtics are concerned, I think they benefit more from a group stage type of thing. Me too. Because as of right now, they're matched up against Philly and like uh, it depends on how it goes if they have a um, a regular season so if there's a regular season of like eight games let's say of just straight regular season game then there's a potential that the Celtics can match up with Indiana and then that could go well and they'd be fine but right. in either a straight to the playoffs or a one through 16 seed in both those scenarios the Celtics play Philly I know and <laughs> and if they, they they probably feel confident that fully healthy and prepared, they could beat Philly, especially on a neutral floor. But if you're in a group stage, we've seen the Celtics play exceptionally well against the league's best teams. Right? They've beaten they've beaten the Lakers. They they've beaten they beat the Clippers. Yep. Uh, they beat the Raptors. They've beaten the Bucks. Yep. They they won games against the best teams in the league. So. Going up against premier teams is is not the biggest issue for the Celtics. The Sixers happen to be a bad matchup, right? Just because of the size. Even if you think the Celtics could win that series, it's, it's not. It's still not going to be great. So a group stage where even if Philly was in that group stage, you only play them twice. I think that's more beneficial for the Celtics. Totally, I think so too. Especially. You never know what Embiid can do after all this rest, and then Ben Simmons coming back as well. So the Sixers definitely have benefited from this time off, I think, and that uh, doesn't bode well for the Celtics if we match up with them. Looking forward to the group stage or whatever they come up with here. But uh, 
Let's move it on here to our second quarter where we're going to do, like we were talking about, the Boston Celtics name swap. So I got this from a little thing that I saw going around Twitter, which was, who do you think would have the better career if their names were swapped? And that's Jalen Tatum or Jason Brown. Who do you think would have the better career? And then we have like a big wheel where we can spin some old Celtics as well. Jalen Tatum, Tatum or Jason Brown. Yeah. So I suppose the first name would be what the the best the best of their skills. This is interesting. Uh, see, um, it's just open for interpretation. I don't know. We're kind of like, you never know because we kind of do it. Maybe one guy's got the offense and one guy the defense, but they're both pretty neutral here. So I don't know. This yeah. is it's it's this I is mean, a tough one. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I mean, any combination of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum is going to have a great career. Right. Either one. Because. Because that it addresses, I think, a little bit of what each does, and, and probably why they complement each other so well. Jalen Brown slashes and gets to the bucket uh, a lot better than Tatum does, um, and Tatum creates his own shot and is, right. is a. I want to say he's a better shooter, but like Jalen Brown's a pretty good shooter. But, um, God, um, I mean. I don't know if I have an answer for that. It's a, it's uh, unclear to define. It is such a toss-up, right? I think uh, if I had to pick, I would say Jalen Tatum, in my opinion. But just... So, just... It, so when we talk about Jalen Tatum, so we're talking about Jalen Brown... Okay, I get it. So Jalen Brown's game infused with Tatum versus Jason Tatum's game infused with Brown. Correct. Um... I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Jason Brown. Okay. Because Tatum's game is already. I mean, it's pretty well rounded. Right, true. And Tatum, Tatum actually assists Jalen a lot. So if you add into Tatum's game some of Jalen's just more aggressive driving and even better defense and the ability to defend, if we give him. Uh, a shot of Jalen's ability to, to guard power forward and a shot of Jalen's ability to kind of hezzy, drive, dunk on people, which oh, yeah. Tatum does, but Jalen does better. Right. Like, I think I think, I think, think the, the Jason Brown, um, I think the Jason Brown player would be, <laughs> would be better. I think, I think he'd definitely be better on offense. I think Jalen Tatum would be a, a force to be reckoned with on defense. I think that would be a lot of length. A lot of good perimeter defense there. Yeah. So, but either way, it's that, tough to go with. That really does. I mean, you, you can make an easy argument either way because Jalen is a better on-ball defender, I think. Right. If you add in the ability to jump at the passing lanes like Tatum has, right. that would make him just like Kawhi. Right. Exactly. That would make him so. Just exactly. Jeez, I, I don't know. Pick one, I guess. That's a tough one. Do you have I like a? Oh, too. I agree. You like so? Doge is Jason Brown. Dill, who are you? I think Jalen Tatum, so we're split. We're split 50-50. here. Okay, so we'll have to maybe let the fans decide then. Do you have time for uh, one or two more, John? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, perfect. I, we know we were kind of crunching time here, so let me. Uh... No, that's fine. No, that's fine. No, okay, I'm, I'm invested in this. Perfect. Awesome. I love it. Okay, so let's spin the wheel here and see what we got. All right. Oof. We got a good, good first name. Here we go. Second name coming up here. So what we have is a random assortment of names on this wheel and randomly spinning to <laughs> to kind of uh, do another is it one. Is a physical so. wheel that you 
guys have created or something that like online? So this is a digital wheel, but I think that the physical wheel is definitely something we need to start it, investing in. It yeah. really would make it much better if there was a video right. component to this. If you guys yes. spinning a wheel like so, like, we're working yeah, on it for sure. Don't don't worry. It's it's in the works. Yep. <laughs> so here we go. We have Paul Tatum or Jason Pierce. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> um, Okay. All of the offensive stuff that Tatum can do, Paul could do. Right. Yep. Um, but if you throw in uh, just a tiny bit more length yep. and a little bit more of that defense, uh, I think that that just elevates Paul to another level. Um, whereas, like, Tatum, like, the, the Jason Pierce takes Jason's game and enhances it. It's like giving Jason's game like on steroids. Right, exactly. But but Paul Tatum, I think, actually adds another element, a, a, a little bit. It, it 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 if it was like a video game, you'd increase more of the abilities. Right. By going Paul Tatum, so I'm gonna say Paul Tatum. So I think he has a little bit more dog in him. I think Paul Tatum will have a little bit more dog because I think Paul Pierce has a way just to kind of get things done. And, and where Tatum is in yeah. his career, he just hasn't had those opportunities yet. We've seen it all from Pierce, you know, where we can kind of reflect on what his career was. You know, this conversation could be totally different 15 years after a possible 10-time NBA champion or whatever Tatum comes in. You know what I mean? If that's something down the road. Hey, so. it, takes plenty of dog, it takes plenty of dog to dunk on LeBron James in a game seven. So I don't know. He has I mean, it. He has he's it. got it, but I agree. Pierce has got more. You're probably right there. Tatum is much quieter than Pierce. Right. He's a much more, like, <laughs> silent assassin. Yep. Pierce is a much bigger talker than than Tatum is. Um, and and you can see, like, just for me being in the locker room, right. talking to Tatum and, and having talked to Paul Pierce, like, you can ask Paul Pierce something and he's giving you an answer. Tatum has this kind of, like, he'll almost like, like a turtle... Like, if he doesn't like the, the line of questioning or right. like the scenario, he'll just pull his head back into his shell and give you, like, three-word answers. Right. Like, Pierce isn't giving you three-word answers. No way, Pierce right. Pierce is much more out there. So he's, his game is much more out there. You don't have Paul Pierce, Al Harrington with, with Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum is not talking to a defend Paul Pierce talk to Al Harrington right. in that clip against the Pacers. Like that—that's not happening shot. with Tatum. What he is doing is he's just quietly doing the same thing. He's setting the guy up the same way. He's taking the same shot. He's hitting the same shot. And afterwards, he's having a little bit more muted reaction, but it's still an intense reaction. All right. Uh, so I'm I'm with you on Paul Tatum there. Um, Doge, what do you think? Are you Paul Tatum or Jason Pierce? Yeah, it's, it's a clean sweep. I'm going Paul Tatum. I think that's essentially just injecting ice water into Jason Tatum's veins. Right. Just make it cold and clutch as hell, so I like that one. I love it. All right. 4-0. Let's, uh, so, Paul Tatum, that's who we want to see. Let's uh, let's spin her again here. You're right, John. We need the big wheel. Like It would be so much more entertaining. Ooh, here's a good one. Okay. okay. Good first name. I like that. That's a good sign. Good sign. Oh, this is great. Okay. This is awesome. Kemba, Russell, or Bill Walker? <laughs> <laughs> I have one for you guys before before we go. Oh, yeah, okay. awesome. Heck so yeah. Kemba, Kemba, Russell, 
or Bill Walker? What would Bill Walker be? He'd be well, maybe like a really good on-ball like guard defender, you know, he's, instead of the big center. See, like in my mind, I feel like he'd be that guy who you always play in the neighborhood and no one ever beats, you know? <laughs> yeah, so I, anything – so I would have to say Bill Bill Walker because if, we're, if Bill Walker starts with Bill Russell, then that, that's my starting point. Yeah, I agree. You know, like I'm not, I'm not going to take Kemba as yeah. much as I love Kemba and add Russell stuff to him. I'm going to take Bill Russell and add Kemba stuff to him. For sure. So if that means a little bit better ball handling, maybe maybe a little bit better offense, but anything that accentuates Bill Russell's game, I'm going to go for that. <laughs> Absolutely. Who, who wouldn't? I mean, he So I yeah, that's who I'd go with as well. So clean sweep again or does you got a different opinion? I agree. If you get that playmaking ability with Kemba and you dump it into Bill Russell's defensive abilities and rebounds, like that's savage. Right. Oh my goodness. Bill, Sam? I think Bill Walker's beast. Yeah, I think so. Alright, I got one for you guys. Yeah, let's hear it. Alright. Antoine Smart or Marcus Walker. Oh (laughs) man. Ooh. Okay. Because either one of those guys is taking 23s a game. Right, no doubt. They're both shooting the ball, and they both think that's going in every time, too. <laughs> I think I got to go Marcus Walker, because I want the Marcus Smart DNA. I want the scrappiness. I want the diving for everything. But if I can give him a little bit more of Antoine's range, maybe size, I think he might be a little bit more of a force to be reckoned with. I think, I think Marcus Walker, seriously, would shoot 5 for 22 in every... Yep. NBA game from three. Like, every game. And, and that's why I love this combination, because both guys would chuck, and either way you go, it just takes those three-point attempts and basically doubles them. Right, it's just such a no-no-no-yes guy in both cases. It's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they all equally look like they're going right in. I mean, you're just... I think the answer is Marcus Walker, because you got to take Marcus Smart and say... I hope that defense is going, and I hope that he's hitting on this day. But holy shit, that dude is going to dominate your offense. You have to play like seven seconds or less because he's he's pulling two feet out over half court. Right, talk about a black hole guy too. He's not passing that too much, you don't think? <laughs> I love it. Um, Doge, who would you go with? I'm with you guys again. <laughs> I, I think this is yeah. That one's that's a great one though. Um, all right, John, before we let you go, I'm going to let you get a chance to plug anything, but i got to be a selfish Celtics fan here. Can you give me your best KG story? He's my favorite player ever, and I'd just love to hear your favorite moment you might have had with him. Um, oh, my favorite KG moment. Well, I didn't get a chance to really talk to KG much. I wasn't, I wasn't in the locker room in, in that era. Okay. I've seen him around. I've talked to him a little bit. Um... I guess maybe go, honest, give me a favorite I, interview then if you don't have a favorite KG one I'll I'll take no, any Celtics I, content I can get. No, my favorite my favorite KG thing uh, outside of everything that you guys know. You guys have seen him on the floor and all that stuff. So I was in Chicago at the All Star Weekend and I was invited to a recording of uh, an, an All the Smoke podcast. Matt Barnes and uh, Stephen Jackson. And so it's it's Matt Barnes, Stephen Jackson, and Kevin Garnett. Right. And I'm sitting there 
basically three feet away from the whole thing, just watching these guys talk to each other. And I'd like love in to the be first <laughs> couple of minutes, yeah. In the first couple of minutes, KG is like you can tell he's a little guarded, he's a little uncomfortable. It's a lot of lights, it's people people sitting there watching, it's cameras. So he's just like in a in a, a little bit of a guarded media mode. Right. But then I'd say about maybe ten minutes in, and if you go listen to the podcast, you can almost feel the energy switch. He's just talking to two dudes, that two friends, the guys that he respects. And all of a sudden, you can see him kind of going into that mode of like the outside, the fans, the lights, they don't matter. And he's just talking. And he's just, when he's talking about things, whatever it is, he has these mannerisms, these little (laughs) kind of grunts and and like, "Ah," I was, I took him in the post and went, I love that guy. That's awesome. Listening to KG comfortable and telling stories about things that are happening on the floor. A little unfiltered, talking about why he went at guys. Like that whole experience. You can listen to the podcast and the podcast is great. Being there and watching it and seeing him tell the stories and seeing his eyes get wide and the expressions (laughs) and all of those stuff. I mean... It, it really adds to the experience. That that experience for alone for me, it was just. I mean, it was really sublime. It was really a lot of, just. It was really a lot of fun. Awesome, dude. That would that'd be amazing to be there. I know uh, those all the smoke guys are really good, and they do have some video. But you're right. It would be totally different being there and feeling the energy and and watching KG because that's uh, that'd be so awesome. Good. It's on YouTube. I think it's on YouTube, so you can kind of watch it and see. But yeah, but but the, again, being in the building, feeling the energy, and see, experiencing it live, it's, KG is, you know, it's, it's, it's a little upsetting, or, not upsetting, but that he's, he's as introverted as he is, like, he doesn't want the spotlight, he says it in the podcast, I'm more like, walk out the side door kind of guy, Paul Pierce, he, he, he calls him Pete, he's like, He's out the front door. I'm out the side door. Right. Like that. I wish. I wish KG was a little more out the front door because that would just give us more. But that's just me being selfish. Right. I exactly. I totally feel the same way. I'd love to. I'd love any and all KG content we can get. So. <laughs> well, John. Before we let you go, we just want to give you a chance to plug anything. You know, you're working on. We know you got the locked on Celtics. But is there anything else that you're working on or you would like to promote here uh, before we let you go? No, man, I, I just uh, hope people will check out the Lockdown Celtics podcast. We've been going through the historical deep dive right. during this entire lockdown. We started at the beginning, the birth of the Boston Celtics. And as as we speak, the podcast that's coming out for Friday is the 2007 right. draft lottery where the Celtics get the fifth pick. And speaking of KG, we, we get through the Celtics trade for KG and KG's introduction. And then next week we're Perfect. going to get into 2007-2008 that season and all of that. Yeah, I just listened to the one you guys had about Scal. That was a great one. So everybody should check that out, but I know I'll be checking out the the next one if it's going to be about getting KG and the the 08 team. We just want to say, John, thank you so much for coming on. We really really appreciate it. You had some great insight. 
And uh, one final thing, go Celtics, baby. <laughs> Thanks, guys. A lot of fun. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. All right. We want to thank John Corrales, host of the Locked On Podcast, again for coming on our show, giving us some insight in the NBA, playing the name swap. We're glad he enjoyed it as much as we did. But uh, first thing we got to do before we move on, let's just take a little break, settle it down here. Everybody's excited about that uh, fun game. And like, let's show everybody where we can find the Cheap Seats Network stuff, then the clubhouse. So, Dill, where can we find the Cheap Seats Network podcast, you know, social media? Where can we find all the, the good stuff they're posting up? Sure. So, you know... Pretty common, guys, on Facebook. It's the same as every other podcast that I've mentioned. Anything during our halftime of finding us on Facebook. Say it with me. We have four different words here. The Cheap Seats Network. Boom. Cheap Seats Network. Check us out on Facebook. We're still saying it with me. You guys are all clear. On Twitter. At... The Cheap, the cheap seats, seats SN. SN. Now, now, this is where you won't be able to necessarily know what I'm talking about. This is... I'm, I'm done. <laughs> so on Twitter, ladies and gentlemen, it's at the Cheap Seats SN, and SN stands for what? Doge, pop it off for me. Syrup noodles. Syrup noodles. Okay. Uh, TJ, do you have a better answer? Serious gnomes. Holy sh... That's a G, but we'll go over that a different time. Ladies and gentlemen, it's at the Cheap Seats SN. SN is now for Sports Nostalgia. Wow, good one. I think this is actually relevant, um, especially okay. with our second quarter and what we were talking about, trying to get back into sports. Right. Obviously, we want to get back into sports as this is a sports podcast, and we are all genuine fans of the sports that we follow and talk about and discuss on a weekly basis. Um, and, you know... I think this is something that uh, that we really enjoy. But no, it stands for Sports Network, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, Twitter, at the Cheap Seats SN. And I'm going to pass it off to my good buddy Doge in Cleveland for the clubhouse information here. Uh, is it any more difficult, or is it pretty easy to find as well? No, it's pretty darn simple. Cool. Facebook, the clubhouse. All one word for the clubhouse there. Sure, okay. Twitter and Instagram, it is at... Clubhouse underscore TCSN for Chief Seats Network. Let's give us a follow. You heard it here first. What a halftime speech here from both coaches. Uh, unless we have another coach out ready to talk about something else. Teach, is there a survey you want to mention? Um, I got a couple things to mention here first. So yeah, go let me go first with uh, we're going to have a t-shirt survey coming out, ladies and gentlemen, because we're going to get some merch out. So be on the lookout for that. Get us t-shirt, get a sweatshirt, get a koozie. You know, things might be opening back up. You might need to, you know, refrigerate that beverage a little longer outside with a few friends. You might need a clubhouse koozie for that. Maybe you're going to a sporting event hopefully sometime soon, and you might need a koozie for that. So check it out. T-shirts, sweatshirts, koozies, that's going to be on Twitter, that'll be on Instagram, we'll get that on Facebook as well. One last thing we want to plug, John Corrales one more time, thank you again, Locked On Celtics Podcast, check that out. Um, that is going to be um, a very good podcast, I know that he's got coming up about how they acquire KG and everything, so that's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, let's move it on here, ladies and gents. We're, we're done with the break here, let's get back to the action. Fans are waiting for us in the stands. Moving on to the third quarter. So... Like we discussed with John a little bit earlier in the pod, 
Uh, it looks like they're leaning towards some kind of group stage, um, you know, tiered playoff, um, you know, kind of group selection there, World Cup style, if you will, Champions League, like we had mentioned in our pod previously. So what we're going to do, because we hear there might be some potential for the Tier 1 teams to draft the teams they're playing, is uh, we're going to play into that narrative and uh, be one of these Tier 1 teams and draft who we think we'd want to play. So we're going to assume that there's 20 teams here in the league, if I'm not mistaken. So if we have in the, four, yep, tier four Tier 1 teams, ones, yep. and then each group will have five total teams. So a combined of 20. So the Tier 1 teams are based on regular season records, so there's no real weird, uh, you know, random draw there, potentially. Um, but it is the Bucks, the Lakers, the Raptors, and then the Clippers. So those are the four best teams by record in the NBA. So, um, does anybody want to be any team in particular? I do not want to be the Lakers as a Celtics fan, so feel free. Take you got him, Doge? Yeah, sure. Okay. Who are you going? I'm going Clippers. I don't want to be the Bucks or the Raptors. Wow. All right. So we'll we'll leave the Bucks top seed. Okay, cool. I like and, that. Uh, we'll... I'll be Nick Nurse and the Raptors. Okay, so you're the Raptors. Those are the Lakers. I'm the Clippers. And we're going to collectively decide who the Bucks would want. So that's what we'll do first. They've got the first pick. They've got the best record here. So with the first pick in the – let's go – is it tier five we would go here? We want to pick from tier five first or tier two? Like, how would we want to pick? Or do we just want to pick any teams as the Bucks? Um, I mean, I what think. What fantasy that, would we like to play? I think as a Bucks organization, they're going to want to get the worst teams. Right. So it would have to be the tier, tier five. five. Tier five. Yeah. That's what I think. So the tier five teams, based on this, would be the Blazers, the Pelicans, the Spurs, and the Kings. Who do we think out of those teams the Bucks are going to want? The Kings. The Blazers, Spurs. Yeah. It's the Kings. <laughs> Kings and who? Pelicans. The Kings oh. It's the Kings. Yeah. Get the Kings out. So, Bucks are taking the Kings. Let's lock that in. So, now, Doge, it is on to you. Who are you taking there out of those remaining three Tier 5 teams? Blazers, Pelicans, Spurs. Uh Tough, I know. I don't want any of them. I think as far as just like the, the players are concerned, I think I would want to go, I would want to take the Spurs, but I don't want to play against Pop. But I don't right. want to play against Zion either, and I don't want to play against Dame. No, dude, you do not want to play against Dame. So I think it's the Spurs. Yep. Dill, as the Raptors then, you've got between old Zion and the Pellies or Dame time. Woo. <sighs> I'm going to go with the Pelicans. Going yeah. Pellies, yeah. Yeah. There's a chance yeah. Zion isn't ready for the playoffs, or this is a weird thing. They don't want to risk it with his health, maybe. He's also I don't know. still a rookie. So right, it's he's like, young, I mean, right? He might not. He was making mistakes. You know, it's like he wasn't perfect. He wasn't. All right, so that leaves me. Either way, and I totally agree. Like, there's. You don't want. Damon Lillard is a freaking MVP caliber guy. He's he can not win an MVP, it. but. He can win it against, you know, right. he can win it himself. So I'm stuck as the Clippers with Dame Time and the Blazers, but I get the first selection out of the Tier 4 here, which is Grizzlies, Magic, Mavericks, and the Nets. And I am going to select... This is tough. So here are my thoughts. It's not the Mavericks, it's not the Grizzlies. This is one of my initial thoughts. 
My thoughts are maybe the Magic, because I think they would probably have the weakest roster. But if the Nets aren't healthy and KD and Kyrie don't come back, I think I want the Nets. Well, they also fired their coach. <laughs> they also don't have a coach. Right. That's you got to think about that. I'm taking the Magic still, because I just know we're going to roll them. There's no chance of a KD-Kyrie combo. So, Clippers have got the Blazers and the Magic. Back to you, Dill, then, between the Grizzlies, the Mavericks, and the Nets. Doncic, KD, Kyrie, or Big Jaw? All right, I'm taking my chances in saying I guess the Nets yeah. will not have it all together. And okay. or, I mean, KD hasn't played in a year. They don't have a coach. Kyrie is Kyrie. And right. I think that the way that that team is, I mean, they have regressed since last year. Last year, I, I liked them as a team. And I think that Atkinson was actually doing a really good job. Right. I think that having those two superstars there inflates your, you know, opinion of what they should do. And necessarily, you, you can't, you shouldn't have done that. Whoever they is, you know, fans <laughs> or the common fan or the Nets fan or NBA insiders. I think that that's inflated either way. Sure. So you've got the Nets. All right. Doge, Mavericks or Grizzlies for the Lakers? I'm not playing Luka, dude. I'm going Grizzlies. Hundred percent, hundred percent. What? Who yeah. would take that chance? No, not me. Not me. Especially if KP <laughs> would go off potentially, or maybe he has to force you know AD away from the hoop a little bit more on D. I don't know. The Grizzlies are not a better matchup for the, uh, or they are a better matchup for the Lakers. So then the Bucks have got the Mavericks. Yep. So then the Bucks will then pick out of the tier three teams. Which are Sixers, Rockets, Thunder, Pacers. I know who they'd pick. Pacers. I think they would take the Pacers. It's easily the Pacers. Yeah. Okay. Clean sweep. Easily the Pacers. It's a not. It's a no brainer. I'm. Ah, goddamn. I know who I'm getting <laughs> stuck with. <laughs> All right. So Doge, you've got between Sixers, Rockets, Thunder here. All really good teams. I think I want to play the Thunder still. Oh. Wow. Damn. Yeah. Yep. You're probably right. <laughs> as much as I love Billy D, CP3. Harden and Harden and Russ can they could just go off. Yeah. So that's going to lead perfectly into why I'm going to take the Sixers because I don't believe I've, I've talked many times I knew on I was this. That I don't believe that they have the DNA in that clubhouse to actually win a championship. They might contend. You know, they took the Raptors up to, that was seven games, right, last year? Or was that six? It was seven, right? It was seven, because that's cool. I was a big game. Right, right. Shot, right. So, I mean, even though they took them to that point, I just don't think that they have it in them to get over that hump. Sure. Um, and I'd rather see the Sixers, you know, in that matchup. So, as a Raptors fan, I'll run it back with them. Yeah. Well, plus, well, like, yeah. in this oh, role play. So I'm stuck with the Rockets, which is no bueno, but it is what it is. So I then will get to choose first out of the Tier 2 teams, which are... One of these teams is not like the other. The Heat, the Celtics, the Nuggets, and the Jazz. And I will quickly be taking the Jazz because they are injured and they don't like each other. They caused all this mess. I think everybody's going to be angry. Maybe not angry at them, but they're going to be ready to get at them. You know, get at Rudy Gobert, potentially. Not that it's little, his fault, but... A little extra kick in those. Right. If I was in the NBA, I'd be ready to dunk on Rudy. And not in a bad way, but 
I mean, as a former defensive just, player of the year, I think everyone wants to, and now they just really are like, right. dude, all right, we're going to Put gonna it on your head, boy. Right. So my group, then, is Clippers, Jazz, Rockets, Ma- ooh, Magic. Excuse me. I almost wanted to say the Nets because I thought about it. And then the Blazers. Yep. So, tough group, but I think the Clippers would. Group. I think the Clippers would get out of it. I would say then probably the Rockets or Blazers would be the other team I would think would make it out of my group. Let's move on here then, Dill. Let's wrap up your group. You've got Celtics, Heat, and the Nuggies. Okay. These these are all difficult because you you get. You know, as the third pick, these you don't are teams really, that can upseed you. Well, like here you don't too. you don't get any of the picks you really want. You're getting the right. secondary somebody already picked that pick. Mm-hmm. So right now, I'm rocking the Pelicans, Nets, Sixers, and I think I'm gonna have to go Nuggets. Wow. I think the wow. Heat. I, I, dude, I trust. Not that I don't trust um, Denver, but I think that I trust. Spolstra down in Miami. I, I've seen what he can do, and I think he's a great coach, probably one of the most underrated coaches we've had in the NBA for, I mean, he's been around for a while. He's a good coach. Um, and he gets the most out of his team, and I think in a seven-game series or um, in a, a group play format that they can have enough to potentially move on. Right. And that's not something as a Raptors fan that I want to necessarily do. Right. I think the East-West um, Conference you know, match up there with the Raptors and the Nuggets. I, I don't know why, but I think that if it was Eastern, it would feel like it wasn't as difficult. That makes sense. So they're going to be more prepared mentally seeing a Western team on there. Sure. Doge, let's wrap up your group here then. You've already got Spurs, Grizzlies, Thunder, and you've got between the Heat and the Celtics. Oof. This is tough because if you go with the Heat, then you got... Jimmy and, and Bam and Nunn and Tyler Hero and that's that's a tough team. But the tough. Celtics are just as lethal and have been, you know, in the playoffs and making some moves. Both coaches are really good. I think I'm gonna have to take the heat on this one and leave the Celtics out. Just another chapter in history that we could have had, Doge, and you just let it walk out the door. No, I'm yeah, I agree. I, I agree. If I'm playing as the Lakers, I don't need any more highlight reels of Jason. I can't Tatum believe Dill to took the Nuggets. I would have taken the Heat for sure. So I'm, I, I would have definitely taken the Heat, Dush. No doubt. I wanted the Nuggets. I wanted to be able to send AD, potential defensive player of the year, and, and our other big men, you know, Dwight, just send their bodies in Jokic. What's funny about this? The Nuggets try to beat us. What's funny about this is we did this draft so the Bucks would have, like, an advantage, and I... They have the in my hardest. opinion, they're going to play the team in the second tier that they would li- like to play the least, and probably the team that could like give them the best chance for their money. That's not a tier one team in the Celtics, which is hilarious. But um, so let's just read them off here. We have Bucks, Kings, Mavericks, Pacers, Celtics. So they're getting out of that, but they could be scratching. I see. I think that's an easy Celtics Bucks right there. Actually, I'm I'm in for that group. I think the Mavericks would be a tough out, but Pacers-Kings... Yeah, I think you can write those two off, and then it's really splitting hairs between the, the Mavs and Celtics, unless the Bucks somehow don't do what they have done all year. Which is... I don't think it's splitting hairs. I think it's it would be pretty handily Celtics over the Mavs. I think Doncic is really good, but we have so many good wing defenders we can throw at them. I think they'd be really tough for them to 
take us down in the playoffs. And then if we get Taco Fall involved, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm, I'm a biased mm-hmm. fan. Who knows? Dill or Doge, your group is Lakers, Spurs, Grizzlies, Thunder, Heat. I mean, in my opinion, that is a clean sweeper for the Lakers. They're getting out of that with no pressure. I think so. Nope. I mean, Thunder maybe, but not really. You know? But then yeah. who's, who's the third team that would kick them out? The, what are you saying? Oh, I'm not. They wouldn't get kicked out. That's right. what I'm saying. Right. Like, they just wouldn't. So they're in. But the next contender in that in that group. But stage that's, that's kind of cool because you could see. By the way, if they do this model, the Spurs will then make the playoffs for the twenty third year in a row because their streak was going to end. So if they do this, like they'll end up being in the playoffs, which is freaking hilarious. Um, but um, do you think it'd be Thunder Grizzlies? Ah, maybe mm. Heat would come out of that. Either way, Heat Thunder is going to be super fun to watch if that's the matchup we get. I mean, maybe if Jaw gets hot like he did in the in the March Madness tournament last year, he where put it he, on the Lakers too recently, and he just you know somehow carries yeah. his team and wills his team to win. All right, so let's go then to the Raptors tiers, which is Raptors, Pelicans, Nets, Sixers, Nuggets. Sheesh, that's a tough tough bracket, I think. I think the Nuggets are good, but I think they're beatable. That's everybody on this team on this list is really good team, besides maybe the Nets if they're not healthy, but they're beatable. So this would be, I don't know what you want to call it, the group of death, if if you will. But I could see any team making it out of this group, and you could convince me either way. You're like, oh, KD's back, he's healthy. Nets are going. Oh, Jokic just goes off. He's just diamond everybody. Joel Embiid is an MVP caliber guy because he's had so much rest. He's back. Ben Simmons looks good. Zion is a freak of nature, like just like we all thought. He dominates the you know the group, and then the Raptors are just on their title return back. You know Nick Nurse is killing it. Pascal, you can make Casey all over. So and I'm a Jamal Murray fan. So it's like the fact that I I mean I'm not I'm not super confident in that. Right. Like I'm okay with that group. To me, I don't like the Sixers. I don't like the Nuggets. Uh, the Pelicans are too young and haven't really done a whole lot. Although Zion is is just, in my I mean, opinion, too. And the Nets are a walkover for this. Him. Is the only group that doesn't have a title contender in it, and as well. Um, in my opinion, I don't think anybody there can win the title. So, retract. I mean, going back off what I just said, the only way that I see somebody seriously contending is if. The KD Nets are healthy, right? And and Kyrie are, are and healthy. I'll eat, I'll eat crow on that if that happens. Sure, but I mean, the, the, without a coach thing, without Atkins there, that's just like I can't get over that. I'd love player I mean? player coach KD if we can get that. That'd be fun. I don't think we'll get it, but that'd be fun. And he just uses his like multiple Twitter personalities throughout the coaching. Does do you see anybody competing for a title out of that group, or who would you have coming out of that group? No, that's a tough one. I mean. I'd say the Raptors are probably coming out of that. I mean, if the Nets got healthy, they're going out of there, but they're not going to. I think it would probably be Raptors, Nuggets. Yeah, I think so, too. I think Sixers are going to be right up there with the Nuggets, but I think the Nuggets are a little more well-rounded, especially because the Sixers don't play nice on the road, and this will be neutral site, so that could really affect them, like we've talked about a little bit before. Um, let's move on here to then to the fourth group. Clippers, Blazers, Magic, Rockets, Jazz. So, real quick here, I'll just give my takes on who we want to pick. 
I think it's going to be Clippers and Rockets out of this. I think the Jazz, or excuse me, not the Jazz. I don't think they stand a chance at all. I don't think the Magic stand a chance at all. Um, but I do think the Blazers, if Dame Lillard is is hot and Yurkic or Yurkic Nurkic, I said almost put Yosef Nurkic together for Yurkic, the old Yurkic for short Yurkic. Yeah, the old Yurk. But Nurkic, if he's back healthy, as long uh, as well as Zach Collins, who is kind of heating up for them a little bit this year, they could really be a problem, especially for the Rockets, who play big time small ball. Right. So, and if CJ gets hot, you know he has a couple good games, and D- and Dame, you know, and Dame, Dame loves Dalla. going at he loves going at Ross. So like that would be. I hope we get that matchup in these groups. So right. I would think <sighs> Rockets Clippers. No, dude, I'm taking it. I'm going Blazers Clippers. Wow. I, oh, no, I can't. I can't do it. You can't even do it. I come. I'm a waffle. I'm just a waffling all over the place. This, I can't say it. It's this, Rockets for sure. I, this fence is swaying. I just love Harden and Westbrook so much. I can't. I can't not. But I would totally not be shocked if Dame put it to him because he loves it. Doge, who do you think here? I agree with you. Okay. I think it's Rockets Clips. Even in the small ball game. Right. I think so too. Especially if they're just raining from three, two. All right, let's move on here then to the fourth quarter. We I enjoyed that. Hopefully we can get some tears like that. I think that's going to be the best way to do it. I know. Uh, I think it'll be so much fun. Yeah, just give me something different, but it's not too different because I'm not. You wouldn't put an asterisk by that because you're playing a lot of good teams in almost every situation. And then there's the tournament after it. So I think it's just going to be a blast. I hope we get some news on it soon. And it kind of incorporates. You know, going into the next round or something. Right, right. And I heard the way it works out, the group stage would count for the home game market, so everybody would play their 70 games in the home market, which fulfills everybody's contracts. And then because it's considered the playoffs, uh, they don't have to pay the players their regular season salaries, which helps save the team a bunch of money, but they can pay them um, playoff bonuses based on the TV. And then, so, like, everybody just wins. I know the players will still get their money, but they don't have to pay them, like, extra bonuses or something like that, I think which will help the teams pay for some of the other losses they're taking when they can't get tickets. So I think this is the best method. It eliminates people down there, too, not as many teams, like John was saying. But either way, this is, we need some hoops. It's going to be exciting. With, uh, with that being said, we're all talking about the postseason because we know the regular season is over. So let's just do a little rapid-fire regular season awards here. Um, we'll go MVP, Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Coach, most improved, and then sixth man as well. So, um, I'll just go first here on MVP. Does anybody have anyone but Giannis? We can debate that and carry on, but it's got to be Giannis. The win shares are too high. The points are too high. They've won too many games. First in player efficiency rating. He's third in points, third in rebound. I mean, like, I don't know. He's across the board, just top in the NBA for everything. I think he's other than assists, but which is LeBron? Yeah, I mean LeBron with ten point six. I saw that he had per game, and I had to refresh some of my memory with the stats team buzzing in my ear here. Right, but, right, sure. Um, yeah, I mean Giannis, it's his year. Sure. They have what twelve losses in sixty five games. Plus, like Giannis did get better than he was before with his shooting and his yep. like ability to make plays. So. I think he deserves to be a back-to-back MVP, and I think you know he's going to be a great player for a long time. So I don't, I don't knock that at all. But I wouldn't mind LeBron, but I'm, I'm Team Giannis here. Doge, what about you? I'm Team Giannis. I think it's Giannis. Sure. 
Love it. I think no it's dispute all about, there. All about team success and. I was say they just won too many games. They yeah. won too many games. I had so many too. Anyway, right, right. Unanimous. All right, let's see if we have another unanimous because I don't think anybody's going to have anything else here. Rookie of the year. Yep. Anybody picking Zion or are you, we all sticking with Jaw? Because it it should be Jaw's award in my opinion, but some people can make a case for Zion. So, Dill, if you'd like to make that case, you can go ahead. Okay. Are you? The only thing I'm going to say oh. is if that if Zion was able to play throughout this entire season and it was a normal regular season, sure. he had the potential to steal it from Jaw. I don't think so. But not enough games. I don't think that. He did that. Um, I think that Jaw is just, I mean, he was jaw-dropping. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> Doge. <laughs> what do you uh, What do you think here? Zion or Jaw? No, I'm team Jaw. Yeah. Just the, uh, Jaw, the consistent production, being able to play all the games, and, uh, you know, really showing up, you know, night in and night out. You know, of course, there were always a few down nights, but every rookie's going to have that. But he, uh... He played well for you know the extent of the season, so right. got to give it to him. And he can show, or he showed that he can do what he did in college and carry the team to a win. And I think that that's huge and something definitely for Grizzly fans to look forward to moving forward. He definitely has turned that franchise into one that didn't have any energy to like. Oh, they're kind of sneaky. Like they have they're... other young guys too. Right. Oh, dude, Brandon Clark is really good. Triple Jackson. J, man. Yeah. yeah, he's super good. Jaron Jackson Jr. Um. So they're, they're, they're looking nice. I know I don't know if Josh Jackson has developed much this year. I haven't gotten his stats from the stats team yet. But, uh, I mean, the rest of their guys are looking good. So let's go here now to Defensive Player of the Year. We could have a little contention here, finally. Um, I'll go first. I'm going Giannis here. I think his defense on the wing and then on the perimeter um, has really helped his team out. He's got a bunch of blocks, a lot of steals as well. So it was really between him and then... Um, AD for me, but I'm taking Giannis. I think that goes along with the MVP. He's a two-sided, uh, you know, two-way player here. And call me a Celtics fan, but I'm not picking two Lakers. Sorry. Big Dell. Defensive player of the year. Who are you going with? I can't believe you guys haven't put James Harden. Yeah? No. I thought you were going to say Rudy Gobert. <laughs> no. Shut down the whole league. Yeah. Um, Brutal. Yeah, I mean, I think that Defensive Player of the Year, it's been so long for me to actually remember, like, defensive things, like, you know, specifically. Um, You're not watching film every day, dude, for our takes? Well, we've been on the film tracker, and we've had some <laughs> studio sessions with that. Um, but I, I know that AD has been just a beast, and that's one of the reasons. I mean, like, there have been plenty of games that I remember seeing him dominate teams defensively. Oh, yeah. And I, I just, I don't know what it is, but I'm not just, I'm just not a Giannis guy. I don't know if there's some sort of pushback for me because he's like becoming the new face of the NBA. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I just don't have like a. You're saying right now you're a Giannis hater. Is that what just came out of your mouth? I do hate on him. Wow. I mean, I'm like, kidding, kidding. if wow. I, I put in the uh, in the dock, if I didn't have to put my money on it, or excuse me, if I had to put my money on it, I would put my money on Giannis to win the MVP. But as far as me wanting him to win it, like I don't care. I'd rather oh, see LeBron, man. but or somebody else. But well, if like, we're talking about want it to win, I want Marcus Smart to win Defensive Player of the Year. I think he's covered all five positions better than anybody. And I was going back to the MVP. But I agree. Right. That's, that's I know. But as far as uh, uh, I just wanted to say Marcus Smart for Defensive Player of the Year. Shouts out. Um, Depoy AD. Okay. Doge, Giannis AD. Anybody different? Maybe a little Gobert. <laughs> I'm leaning towards AD. 
as uh, as funny as it would be to say Gobert because he shut down the whole league. Um, I know, right? No, I think it's got to be AD on this one. Um, yeah, he had a killer year. Honestly, like I'm just being annoying not picking him to and picking somebody else. Like he certainly is well deserving of it. I, I don't. I said <clears throat> he's certainly well deserving of it. I don't. I don't think uh, you can go wrong either way. No, I mean both guys would be deserving if they wound up getting it. But AD brought the the Lakers defense up to the third best of the in the league this year, and you know I, that's something they just didn't have. So it's clearly like a, a big component that they needed to add to the team, getting the blocks and, and boards. So right, throwing him a bone. He's sure. been in the race for so long, but never won it for defensive players. So right. No, I mean, I'm sure if the season played out, that he might have gotten that too, because they might have had to clamp it up a little bit more on the West rather than you know the the Bucks who are just kind of running away with it in the East. So, either way, both those guys are shutting you down more than likely. Um, let's go here, Coach of the Year. Then I'll go first here. Um. It's probably a shock to you guys that it's not Jason Kidd, you know, because he was supposed to take this guy's job because he wasn't going to have a good year, and they weren't sure if LeBron and AD were going to commit to his defensive styles. So everyone, give it up to Frank Vogel, man. He used to coach for the Magic, coached for the Pacers, um, didn't demand too much respect, but he has killed it this year, coaching LeBron and AD, balancing all that circus, not to mention, you know, stuff going on with, Magic Johnson before, and then, uh, you know, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant um, and everyone else in that helicopter. That's something else they have to deal with. Um, and, the you know, the Clippers coming up and a big upsurgence from them. So I really think you take it all, factor it in. Um, I think Frank Vogel uh, did an incredible, incredible, incredible job this year, and I think he deserves Coach of the Year, no doubt. Um, Doge, do you have a different opinion here, or are you rocking Frank as well? No, I have a different opinion. I think I'm going to go with Billy Donovan. Yeah. Everyone after the after the Good trade one. bringing Chris Paul uh, to OKC, everyone was thinking, you know, oh man, they're paying Chris Paul a ton of money. This may be the start of a rebuild, but they were still able to make a really great season out of it. And now moving into the playoffs, you know, potentially here. So um, I I gotta throw my my old Florida guy Billy D a bone here, and I think he's done a lot with with uh, something that people didn't consider he'd be that all that great of a situation. So no doubt, I totally. Uh strongly considered him as well like he'd be my number two i think he they had such a great year especially people thought they were just going to trade chris paul and tank you know too so um the fact that they're in the playoffs and might be a scrappy you know what are they tier three tier four team or whatever i think they're tier three so really good on billy donovan for that i don't i think well exceeded expectations um dill i believe you have someone else who exceeded expectations this year yeah so i think that you know not only did I just draft for them in the third quarter here, but I think Nick Nurse and losing Kawhi and still having the third best record in the NBA. Right. I get it that you still have the overall structure of what that team was. Yeah, but but Kawhi that that's the reason why the Clippers. I almost put Doc Rivers in there just because they've you know with with Kawhi and PG not being um, on the court every single game, right, and still being as successful as they have been. Um, I almost put Doc Rivers, but I think just as far as the home and away record, um, real quick, stats team just phoned in. The uh-huh. Raptors are 23-9 and nine home and away. So I think that if you have that balance of a team, yeah. you know, that's something that goes to show you, like the Sixers, you know, 
Okay, let's see what their road stats are. On the, the Sixers, away. <laughs> Don't do that to them, Dill. Don't do that to them. 10 and 24. Yeah. <laughs> like, that doesn't that doesn't bode to a team that's, you know, hey, they're, they're successful beyond just a home court game. Um, I know I talked about Eric Spolstra earlier about being a great coach. However, for whatever reason this year, away, they're 14 yeah. and 19. Right. And, on, you know, home, they're 27 and 5. So when you see such a large uh, discrepancy between home and away records – I think that that really is a huge influence is like the the atmosphere the the way that the fans can control the game um, whereas in Toronto it's I mean it's literally split 50 50 at 23 and nine so you right. know with, with him there um, and losing Kawhi the player that he is and what he did for them last year and you're right now if you exclude the bucks because the bucks have just gone on a tear they're three and a half games back of the Lakers, who have two of the best players, you know, two of the top five, if not top ten, depending on how you look at things, players of the game. Right. So that's the only reason why I couldn't put Vogel up there, because I agree that he's done a great job getting or deflecting some of those distractions. And I just don't. I just think anybody who's got Jason Kidd behind him, and you've got to manage those two guys, like that is a lot of pressure. And he, yeah, I think he took it. Took it well, but I agree. Your guy, both of the guys you picked have well exceeded expectations. But we got to move on. Yep. Um, and we're going here to most improved player. I think this is going to be unanimous, but uh, I could be wrong. So I'm going Bam Adebayo here. I think his jump on the Heat has turned them into the team that they are. I know Jimmy Butler's been huge for them, and you can't knock his contribution. So that's not what I'm trying to say here, but. Because Bam has developed into the, um, what do you want to call it? Maybe like a Draymond Green point guard, power forward type player where he can really initiate their offense and bring the ball up and start that fast break. It's changed the heat from being a team that are, you know, the 7, 8, 6 seed to a team that can compete to be the 2, 3, 4 seed um, and then can potentially add some more pieces in the future. So I think Bam has really improved this year and, uh, Absolutely think he's deserving of this award. So, Doge, do you have anyone else here? Are you rocking Bam as well? No, I agree. Bam was, uh, I think, the, definitely the front runner, the favorite, and rightfully so. Um, he wound up making it to the All Star game, getting the the skills challenge as well as big man is a tough thing to do, but uh, really turned around this this Heat team. Uh, he was a big part of it, obviously. I mean, we talked about the other guys that they have there, but he uh, right. he's definitely came around and gotten a lot better over the years, so I want to give it to Bam for sure. Totally. Dill, are you rocking Bam or are you going to anybody else? So, I, I had to double check here. Okay. Why, just, why not? Just that way we don't go unanimous again. There's nothing wrong with unanimous. I know, I'm unanimous. just saying. Just bring it up. What about Brandon Ingram? And the reason why... Here's why it can't be for me. Okay. Do you remember when Zion came back? We have not heard anything about Brandon Ingram since then. And that's not his fault. But without him, I don't think that Zion's going to be able to do the things he can do just because he adds that he adds that other layer of scoring. So he went up from 18 points a game but, to a full 24 points a game. But is that... That is a solid... Every night you're getting 24 points from that guy on top of what Zion has. Okay, but... So I'll, then... I got to counter you because I can't... Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. The reason he's getting more points is because he's getting so many more touches because he was on LeBron's team before. And he got traded. So he's so, just getting more opportunity. All right, his field goals Not per that he game, hasn't improved, but I wouldn't say he's the most improved. 
But I mean that that is a big points jump. So for me, but that's why what I would attribute it to. He also increased on rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know what you're Dude. saying, but but you got to look at who, it, at who him gobbles up all those stats. The the king. <laughs> so then he also on his free throw percentage, he went from a sixty-seven and a half percent free throw shooter, of which his two previous years were sixty-two and sixty-eight. Okay, so he's he, better. So he goes up this year. He's at an eighty-six percent. Okay, if you're a knockdown free throw shooter at the end of games, you have to have that. There's no Laker pressure. No I'm kidding. That's so, that's big time. That's big time improvement. Like I mean, there are there are you know definitely things I'm looking at as far as like okay. He's a major reason why they're a his, team to be reckoned with. <laughs> his field goal percentage went down 0. .03 points, but his three point cent, uh, percentage went up uh, a half percent. So it went from 33 to 38. So. Sure. I mean, he's getting more efficient. It's only his fourth year in the league. I think he's finally out of that uh, L.A. What a, cast of needing to be the greatest, best, this, that. And I think he can just be himself. Can I give you a better counter that I would have for number two, personally? Trey Young? The Don Luca. Luka Doncic. Yeah. You know, he was a quality player, but he's asserted himself as a top... You know, I'll say top ten, you know, top fifteen, depending on where you want to put him. But, yeah. I mean... One of the best players in the league, so I would maybe consider him because he's not MVP caliber right now, but he's sniffing those combos a little bit. Oh, so. He was in the talks at the beginning. That's what I'm saying. He and was sniffing them. And the reason why is because he has all those clutch shots or the way he can just make things happen that you're just like, what the hell? He just got the ball, and it's he's just, got just, he's it's got just going. He's got the it factor, right? All right. Speaking of it, speaking I can of see it, in there too. speaking of it, we gotta we gotta move it to the sixth man. So a uh, couple options here that we could go with. I'm going to go a little outside the box here, I think. Shout out to your boy Billy Donovan here for this, I think, Doge. Dennis Schroeder, averaging, uh, I think, just about over 20 points a game here, um, coming off the bench because they have Shea Gildress-Alexander and Chris Paul. But he plays a lot of starter minutes, too, for them and when they run that three-guard set. And I think he's been a serious reason why they're uh, so good because they always have a quick guard on the floor who can handle it. So I would say... Dennis Schroeder really contributing um, for the the Thunder as my sixth man of the year. Doge, you going someone different? You want to go with little Schroeder there? Who you got? I'm not going with Schroeder. I like the pick. Okay. But I think it's once again going to be Lou Williams. Sure. Yeah. He's he's always so electric coming off of the bench and provides so much production. And like Dill was saying, they needed guys to step up when they don't have PG and Kawhi on the floor, and Lou Williams is the guy to look to there for the Clippers. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, he's he's always been a great six man. And I think he deserves it again. Totally, I, I totally agree. I, I mean, yeah, I, I had him before, but I, I look at Schroeder's numbers and I just like them a slightly better. But Lou Will is, I mean, it's it should, it's almost it should be his or Jamal Crawford's award, man. They win it all the time. It should be called the Lou Williams Six Man of the Year award. I think I moving forward, we should we should get a push for that. So we can we can try. Dill, are Hashtag. you are you pushing for that this season? Or are you going someone else? You guys are going to have to double-check me here. Oh, boy. Here we go. Is he... I'm fairly certain he hasn't been starting, but I, I don't know. D-Rose? Yeah, he's an option, I think, but I think he... D-Rose is one of the options. I think he's, yeah. like, top five. Okay. The... So, I get behind it. Just because... You can get him at 10-1 right now, Dill. I mean, dude, like, Derek Rose? Are they in the, the tiers, though? No. 
Yeah, that's my problem. So like that's my problem. That's there. that's where it, on the contending teams you see all of these awards going to right. the contenders. Winners, right. Winners. That's where that's where you lose me as well. But just as far as like a fan, I love for a six Rose. man dude. Like I, I'd love to see him back in like. He's actually like kind of bouncy too now. You know, it's not just that he's like doing it in a different way. Like he's doing it in a similar way, just not to that quite explosive level of like what we see from like a Westbrook now or back of old D Rose. Certainly, and, like, like those two guys just bounce. I think he would be. Uh, he would join Harden as one of the only other people to win Sixth Man of the Year and MVP as well. So that'd yeah. be kind of cool. But like um, the reverse order of Harden, where he got the MVP order, first yeah. and then the Sixth Man later, right? Um, Which makes more sense. I get. Oh, yeah, he's the young, he's the youngest MVP ever, Derek Rose. So it makes sense. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's gonna wrap it up here for our fourth quarter. Um, we really appreciate you guys sticking in. I hope you enjoyed the pod. We really enjoyed being, uh, you know, getting together with John, um, talking a little Celtics, talking a little hoops here. So uh, last thing we got to do before we sign off, as always, is give our buzzer beaters here. here. So last topic of the show. Um, Doge, I'll swing it to you first, up the way, all the way from Cleveland. Where do you want your buzzer beater? And go ahead and put that shot in, my friend. It's right at the top of the key. Um, I'm just really excited about the the opportunity to have a lot of different group stages added into to these American leagues that hadn't had it. You know, of course, we talked about the MLS last week, but right. it's always been you know in the soccer world, the group stage. Very much so, but the ability to talk about introducing it into basketball, and who knows if they want to introduce it to baseball in a shortened season or right. anything of that nature, but it's becoming a lot more realistic, and I think it's fun, adds a lot more excitement, and pins teams together that you wouldn't normally get to see, and gives a newer format to not just the standard you know five seven game series that you see in sports like the NBA. So, um, looking forward to seeing what what comes out of this. You know, like we were talking earlier, does that bring another? factor to the mid-season tournament right have to see where we go from there but i'm excited to see the group stage getting brought into you know more sports here in america sure totally i am all for it i like it i think it's going to be i don't think it'll be adopted as the regular playoffs in some of these sports but maybe they get that mid-season tournament or something else i i'm really looking forward to it i think it's going to be fun to watch and uh from what i understand if they do the group stage there's going to be like 80 or so games played all throughout the day so it'll be like an old World Cup kind of style where you can just tune in at like noon and you're getting, you know, Celtics Bucks or something. And you're just like, dude, give me that. Like, that'd be so much fun. So kind of like a March Madness, but of NBA even. So that'd be really fun. Dill, where do you want your buzzer beater, my friend? And go ahead and shoot that shot, brother. Give me the Kawhi quarter. Ooh. Changing it up. Okay. It's been a little uh, Raptor heavy on my end tonight. Yeah, so. you're really going for it, man. Um, well, we beat him enough uh, as a Cavaliers fan. We beat him enough where I can pick him back up now. Um, so I wanted to mention about how the NHL, um, from a podcast that we had oh, yeah. last week, mentioned of how it's probably going to end up being the 5-12 through 12 team format with the first four having a uh, buy of some sort. It's uh, looking like it's more and more becoming an actual thing. And that's what they're doing right now. They're actually trying to figure out um, now, logistically, where the hub cities are going to be. So the following cities are all in contention. Uh, and then I'll give you my take as far as kind of where I think it's actually going to be. So I think um, off of these 10 cities, we have Columbus, Dallas, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, Minneapolis, Pittsburgh, and Chicago, um, along with Vancouver, Toronto, and Edmonton. Okay. So I, I don't think with the... 
border rules and the quarantine rules at 14 days with Canada, um, what they have in effect, I, I think that you can pretty much take off the three Canadian cities sure. of Edmonton, Toronto, and Vancouver, um, leaving you with Columbus, Dallas, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, Minneapolis, Pittsburgh, and Chicago. Sure. Out of those group of Who you got, cities, bro? I'm thinking Columbus and Dallas are going to end up hosting this. <laughs> Just Ohio? Hell yeah. Why is that? Columbus and Dallas. Well, I know, but like... Oh, okay. I thought you said just Ohio. Ohio. I was like, well, that's two cities, but... Sorry. Common mistake there. The shot's still going around the rim, by the way. That's why I chose this, because I knew this was going to be like I'm glad you picked Kawhi. We're still watching you dance around the... It all all happens. But I think that Columbus, with things opening back up here in Ohio, (laughs) as well as Texas opening up very early as a state as well, um, both cities would have the infrastructure to do uh, do so. Um... And I know that, like, March Madness is held in Columbus. You know, I've actually been there for some stuff. And um, I think for hockey, it doesn't really matter, you know, as long as you're on the ice. Sure. I think teams are ready to get on the ice. I'm hoping that it could be in Columbus. And, you know, if there's anything as far as fans allowed for Tampa games that, you know. Uh, Highly (sighs) down. That's just me being super, you know, that's outside the corner. That's probably why you even think it's going to be Columbus, bro. I don't know. Get it out of here. I don't think it'll be. So, I think Vegas looks good to me, bro. It certainly would make sense. But my gut's telling me Dallas and Columbus. I don't know why, but my gut's my gut, and that's what it is. Your gut done talking? My gut's been done talking because <laughs> shot went in, made it. Teach? Kawhi, Kawhi. Yeah! Do you have anything? Oh, I got something, ladies where's, and gentlemen. Where's your shot? So, ladies and gents, what I've been doing ever since sports has been paused, has been rocking a jersey. Until it comes back. So today, in honor of all the Celtics talk we've had, the Garden Hayward jersey. So I'm rocking the Gordon Hayward 20 Celtics green. Really good jersey. And uh, for my buzzer beater, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to back this guy down in the post. Oh. I'm going to hit him with a dream shake, and I'm going to dunk on him. Because this is a front runner for coldest take of the year. Maybe even decade, and we just got into 2020. Dan Orlovsky on Get Up this morning, hosted on ESPN, came out and said that Damian Lillard, after saying he didn't feel like it, uh, he would be playing if he wouldn't be able to compete for a playoff spot if they went to Orlando, he called him spoiled and an entitled brat on Get Up, based on his comments. Dude, Dan, first of all, what you're not even a like relevant athlete, so one, like what a ridiculous opinion. And, bro, what the hell? Damian Lillard entitled and spoiled? I'm pr- Like, he came from the streets of Oakland. Like, it's not like this kid's been spoon-fed his entire life. And let alone, I'm not sure if Dan knows this because he probably didn't do his research, but Dame, lo- like, lost a friend recently as well. So maybe he's worried about getting sick and losing his life because he's experienced that. And he doesn't want to get hurt and risk his career just by playing some games so people can watch him on TV when there's no real incentive for him other than, you know, he's honoring his contract, you know, being fulfilling the game. So, I just, I don't know. I know Dan was trying to spin it and be like, there's a lot of workers out there that have to go to work. So, Dame should take advantage of, you know, the privilege that he gets to play basketball. And I understand that. But you don't have to call him spoiled and entitled, dude. I just think that's just so ridiculous. And, he, I, mean, I don't know. I it's It makes me so mad. Awful take. Boo, boo, boo on you, Dan. Boo on you. I don't know if Maybe you have just his his ploy to try to get a Dame diss track written about him. Right, exactly. That's it's got to be. He's, he probably he's likes his rap career. Now. We need to. We can we can bring this back up 
for a possible warm-up next time on the pod. But uh, has he ever been on a playoff contention team? He or has. He just keeps running four, out of the back of the end zone. His record is 4-12. and 12. Yeah, the back of the end zone clip is hilarious. That's that's how I remember Dan O'Clock, because I was watching that. And I'll never forget a quarterback running out of the back of the end zone. I'm sitting there going, okay, well, what is he What is he doing? So, not a, not a you know, swipe at him, but... Swipe at him, dude. This is ridiculous. I just I just don't understand the uh, the context uh, and what he's trying to say because he normally has pretty decent takes on things and has a good perspective of the whole picture. And this, he has a very small frame that he's looking. If through. he would have worded it differently and didn't, I'm telling you, if he didn't say "spoil entitled brat" and was like, "Hey, I didn't appreciate Dame's comments. You know, I thought it was a little short sighted because there's so many Americans who have to go to work." who are, you know, stocking groceries for us, who are running packages, driving trucks, etc., and they're at a risk to be sick. But you can't come at him and say spoiled and title when he... I just don't... I'm not going to go into any more wasted time. People are still listening to this. They're probably just as mad as me. Get on Twitter. Roast Dan Orlovsky while you're there. Give us a like. Give us a follow. We want to thank you for listening. We want to thank John for being on. Dill, thank you for being here as always, my friend. Thank you, guys. I appreciate this, and uh, you know, yeah. hopefully you guys enjoyed listening. We had a lot of fun recording it. Great conversation uh, with John. Ready for the next one. Yep. Doge, thank you for being on, man. We really appreciate it. Thanks again, guys. Thanks for listening. This is The Clubhouse.